Chapter 29. Niles stood up. What's the best holiday? Miles could tell it was a rhetorical question. Niles continued, April Fool's Day. Obviously, Miles nodded. On April 1st, 1698, said Niles, in England, everyone was invited to the big moat outside the Tower of London to see the lions get washed. That morning, a huge crowd showed up. This was going to be great, except there are no lions in the Tower of London. And also, you don't really wash lions. No lions, just a bunch of goats, said Miles. Niles smiled. Yeah, exactly. Standing around a stinky ditch, it was the first April Fool's prank. And ever since, April 1st has been for pranks and hoaxes and practical jokes. As a holiday, there's only one thing wrong with it. What's that? asked Miles. We don't get the day off of school. Niles erased a section of one wall with his sleeve. So, how do we pull a prank so big school gets canceled? Two hours later, Miles was sitting in the old armchair and Niles was pacing around his room. There was an empty bowl on the floor and potato chip crumbs and a bunch of crushed soda cans. On one wall of the prank lab was a red square filled with ideas for pranks, but none of them were good, or at least not good enough. Well, last time school got canceled, there was a blizzard, right? Said Miles. Maybe this is stupid, but is there any way we could control the weather? Niles thought for a while. No, I heard they have machines that can do that in China, but I don't see how we can get our hands on one. What if we blocked all the entrances like you do with Barkin's car? Hmm, said Niles. And by the way, how did you get Barkin's car up there? Let's stay focused, said Niles. Okay, so we block it with monster trucks. Too hard to obtain, Niles said. Plus, everyone could just go underneath them. We could brick up the doors. But that's too much damage. Those crickets weren't bad. I mean, a thousand crickets wouldn't shut down the school. But what about a million crickets? That would cost over $10,000. Plus, we'd be repeating ourselves. We need to think bigger. Bigger than a million? Bigger than crickets. Cows, Miles said. What? Cows. But cows can walk upstairs, but they can't walk down. Niles stopped pacing. How do you know that? Miles unzipped his backpack and pulled out a crumpled booklet. Miles tossed a piece of chalk to Miles. Let's figure this out. Two weeks, six boxes of cereal, four bags of chips, one original, three sour cream and onion, and a tub of red licorice later, they'd covered one whole wall of the prank lab. This was going to be great. Chapter 30. April 1st was a Monday, 52 days away. Most afternoons, Miles and Niles went to the library or did research in the prank lab. At lunch, they sat together and planned, careful not to seem like they were planning anything. Looks like you and Niles are getting to be pretty good friends, Holly remarked one day, one eyebrow up raised. Yep, said Miles, because there was no better cover story than the truth. Holly raised her other eyebrow. When the snow melted, they put on puffy jackets and took tools into the forest by the lake. Together, they picked the perfect tree, an old sycamore tree with a thick, molted trunk and sturdy white branches spreading out and ending in barren spindles. Miles's mom was so thrilled he was building a treehouse with a friend that she chipped in for materials. Niles's parents, who Miles had seen around the house only a few times, financed the rest. Niles had pitched the clubhouse as an engineering project. They hammered and sawed. 
It wasn't long before they built a platform and then a roof. Even though it was cold, they brought books to the tree and read in the gray light of winter. It got warm enough to camp out. They brought Niles's red tent to the tree and set it up on the platform. Miles was in charge of setting it up and taking it down. Niles was in charge of marshmallows. In March, their tree grew great green leaves and the clubhouse got walls and a window. It's perfect, Niles said when the tree house was done. Miles painted secret HQ above the doorway and they carved initials next to the window. They made their final April Fool's preparations 19 feet above the ground. And then there was nothing left to do but prank. Chapter 31. Officially, the prank began on March 23rd when Miles Murphy deposited a letter in the mailbox on his corner. But the real action didn't get underway until midnight on April 1st. Miles watched the red numbers on his alarm clock change from 11.59 to 12 o'clock. The last verse of These Boots Are Made For Walking started playing softly, but Miles was already awake. He hadn't gone to sleep. About two hours ago, he'd given up on the book that he was too distracted to read, and he'd been staring at the radio since then, going over the plan, waiting for the tiny click on his alarm clock made for the music came on. Miles grabbed his backpack. He hoped he'd be too tired to be anxious or too worried or to be too wired to be anxious, but he was anxious and tired and wired. Happy April Fool's Day, he said. Time to go. Miles had sort of wanted to make a rope with his sheets, but his mom was a deep sleeper. The smartest thing was to sneak downstairs and out his front door. Stars spilled overhead and the night's cold air made his lungs ache. The only sound was the faint buzz of a streetlight on the fritz. Miles Murphy realized he'd never been out this late on his own before. It was exhilarating. He pulled up the hood of his sweatshirt and took off down the street. When Miles saw headlights, he froze. Bent over, he pretended to tie a shoe. Act natural. He was ready for the car to slow down. Ask him what he was doing. A kid out at night on April Fool's? But the car drove right by. After that, Miles didn't stop for anything. On Spring Street, a raccoon crawled out from a storm drain and stared at him like he knew exactly what Miles was up to and like he was in on it. There were two of a kind, Miles and this raccoon, mass bandits. Miles saluted the raccoon as he passed. The raccoon went back down the drain. Soon there were no more streetlights, just darkness, but Miles knew where he was going. Paved road gave way to dirt road, gave way to no road. Miles hopped a fence. The grass grew tall here, and the dew soaked his jeans to mid-calf. When he made it to the meadow, where the trees grew thick, it was safe to use the flashlight. Just for a second, he caught his breath, got his bearings, flicked the switch off to off. He had to move slower now, stepping carefully over roots and easing down gullies. Almost there! At the rendezvous point, he pressed a button on his watch, and the face lit up. Eleven minutes early, he leaned against a maple tree and waited. A steady creaking came at one o'clock. It grew louder and stopped nearby. Miles flashed his light three times. Three blinks answered. Niles pulled up on a bike, pulling Miles's wagon behind him. The wagon held a small bale of hay. This thing feels heavier tonight, Niles said. He hopped off his bike. He was wearing black jeans, a black sweatshirt, and a tall black Stetson. What's with the hat? Miles asked. It felt appropriate. 
Part of Miles wanted to make fun of the hat. The other part wanted a hat. Let's do this, said Miles. Chapter 32. Niles rubbed his hands together. He blew into his fists. It was the first time Miles had ever seen Niles nervous. Niles raised his hands to his mouth. His voice was startling in the blackness. Hey, boss! Hey, boss! Hop, hop! Nothing happened. That wasn't good. Um, it's fine, Niles said. Different farmers use different calls. Okay, Miles said. Niles cried out again. Sue, boss! Sue, boss! Silence. A sheepish shrug from Niles. Miles chewed on his thumb. This part had not been his responsibility. Maybe it should have been. I've got some more. Niles cleared his throat. Come, boss! Come, boss! Somewhere nearby, a cow mood. And so did another cow. And another. The night was full of the moos of cows. The moos were nearby, and they were getting closer. Moo! Moo! Come, boss! said Niles. Moo, said the cows. Ha ha, said Miles. Except he didn't say it. He actually was laughing. A big cow-shaped shadow came over the hill, mooing and ringing. Hey, bossy, said Niles. She's got a bell around her neck. That's the lead cow. Now the cows came from all over, up from the gully, out from the trees, the meadow filled with one of Bob Barkin's dairy herds perhaps wondering why his morning's milking was starting so early, but probably not. After all, they were cows. Bossy was getting close now, and some of the cows were beginning to fall in behind her. Niles clapped his hands. Okay, let's go. Niles hopped on the bike. Come, boss, he shouted. He reached back and threw a handful of hay in the direction of the approaching herd. Bossy scooped it up without stopping and kept moving toward Niles. Standing up on the pedals, Niles Sparks started to ride. Bossy followed the hay, and the cows followed Bossy. Miles had a job to do.